0: Welcome to IdeaGen TV. Today, we are especially excited to have with us several colleagues from Boeing. I'd like to first introduce Sherry Hashemi, Principal Engineer on Creating Culture of Innovation. Thank
1: you so much, George. It's phenomenal to be here today and again uh, to contribute to another one of your summits and super excited for uh, the two folks uh, from Boeing with us today. Steve Norlin, our new BPGM for Boeing Phantom Works and Amy Hopkins, Senior Strategist Director for Boeing Phantom Works as well. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Uh, my pleasure.
1: Happy
3: to be here as always.
1: <laughs> to, um, to kick this off, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about innovation. We've talked a lot about cultures, team building. You know, Steve, Innovation and disruptive technology are a common theme for you. They're in so many of the teams or you move on to your next project with that being so strong and so um, fundamentally ingrained into those teams. You know, in industry, in academia, I mean, you've gone through, um, you know, from Embry-Riddle and all of your roles in situ, all of the autonomous systems. You know what is what's a common theme that you've you've taken with you from each one of those next ventures?
2: Yeah, I think the the common theme is uh, creating a culture, a culture around around innovation. And um, yeah, I've had the big company experience and the former IBMer uh, at Boeing. Obviously, today uh, was able to do a startup, an early stage startup that we were able to grow very quickly. Uh, and have a successful exit on, that was all rooted in a culture around uh, innovation. Um, it's a little bit different in aerospace from the standpoint of, you still have to remember um, our core purpose is to deliver deliver safe products. And so when it comes to innovation, you've got a balance between um, allowing uh, our engineers and our talented people to go out and try, but also create an environment that, that try. And sometimes we've got to break things and then we fix them and we break them again to see how we make them better and better. Um, but we've got to do that in a way that also is, 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 is surrounded by safety. We can't afford failure. And, um, and so it's a little bit of a balancing act more in aerospace than you'd find in other places. But it all begins with culture, and the culture is one where uh, getting people empowered, getting them to think, getting them to collaborate—you um, know, loosening the bounds, but then tightening the bounds when we need to from a safety perspective. Um, so it's a it's a little bit of an art uh, to do that, not always a science, um, but it really comes down to culture at the end of the day.
1: Excellent. Uh, to to build off of that and. In- You know, for Ember riddle one of the papers that I'm writing about, it's systems engineering and uh, ambiguity theory. And we inherently, as people, are going to go towards what we know. And we lean on that and we are comfortable there. Um, You know, how have you gone about dealing with that ambiguity and embracing it so that you can make that next step and not stay where you're comfortable?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. We did a project a little while back where we developed a um, electric, sustainable, um, vertical takeoff and landing vehicle um, that uh, we did in 90 days. It uh, had over 10,000 parts that had to be sourced for it. And when I said we did it in 90 days, from that was from first you know, concept drawing to uh, first flight off the ground. Um, But what we did is we set out what what are we really trying to accomplish? We weren't trying to go for an endurance record. We weren't trying to go for an altitude record. What we were trying to do is reduce risk on some key subcomponents. So understanding what we were trying to do and what what those goals were and creating a team that uh, worked in a culture where they could go and test and learn and try things and experiment. And then as we started to mature it, and get it to more of that you know first prototype flight operation really going through the safety aspects of what we're trying to do and and safety move from the platform because obviously we're testing it and something on the platform might not go as as expected was really around the safety around the entire operational area and how do we let it fail in a safe way and so um, again that was one area where it started very broad lots of empowered people the ability to create and move quickly to be very agile in their operations but then as it came closer and closer we stayed focused on what we were trying to do which was to mature subsystems and test out those subsystems but as it came closer and closer then we shifted to okay now how do we make sure we do this in a responsible way um and again uh in, in our business uh, you know going and, and going from a, a drawing to a first flight in 90 days is incredibly agile and um And something that we can do, and we can do it in in the right way.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you,
0: Steve. Incredible. And to hear, Steve, 90 days, I mean, that that just takes our breath away (laughs) to be able to do any type of project even closely similar to that. Um, It sounds like an incredible and monumental feat. And I'd like to ask you about another monumental feat. You have a very diverse and disparate and um, distributed network of professionals on your teams. And we've had this pandemic year that we're emerging out of. How have you been able to keep the culture in place? This is directed to both of you, Steve and Amy.
2: I say you might (laughs) want to ask Amy that just as much as- as
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm going to wait and see what Steve says first.
2: (laughs) That's right. It's been difficult. I, you know, I think we've all just as a society have, um, have leveraged, you know, talk about disruptive technologies, uh, you know, we're using them today. You know, we, we got creative and we figured out, okay, how do we bring ourselves together and, and find new, uh, mediums and how we can, uh, how we can communicate and how we can interact. It's clearly not the end all. Um, obviously as a company, we believe, you know, travel is going to come back because people want to interact. Um, and you know, I've already found that to be true just in my own personal life and my own business life. Um, but you know, again, I think it's, it's, you know, one of the things that, you know, I started off with when I came working with Amy and she can, she can give her perspective on it is, um, you know, I always make sure my camera's on, you know, be be able to see the facial expression, the body expression, uh, and how we interact with all the people around our company virtually, but let's get Amy's perspective on it. Uh, it's
3: it's been an, uh, an opportunity for all of us, I think in the last 18 months to, to persevere through this global pandemic. And I think as all of us as leaders, what, what we've had to you know, double down on is back to what Steve said at the beginning, that culture. Setting that environment and and communicating to all of our folks, um, and that that we're here for them. That we're all going through this. We all are having different experiences, different different stressors. I I would say if if anyone isn't stressed as as they've been going through this, I'd like to know where they live so I can come and visit them a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I'm really focusing on now is as we start talking about return to work, as we hear things like getting, getting, getting back to normal, um, I am acutely aware of how we bring our folks back is, is going to be as important as how we have managed everyone through the crisis. One, uh, an analogy I, I've been using when I talk to folks is, uh, I remember back to my days when I worked in the Department of Defense, uh, and if I ever had to do a deployment. When you're on a deployment, you, uh, you gain some uh, mechanisms to help you get through the high stress environment. And then when you come, come back home, that, that transition is, is very important because we've built up uh, in ourselves, you know, like I said, these, these mechanisms to help us get, get through it. And if I could envision it, it's like a, a spring. And as you're going through high stress, that, that spring is getting you know, wrenched down tighter and tighter and tighter. What we want to avoid happening is as our folks are coming back, again, back to making sure we can set that environment for them, what we don't want is them to come back in that spring to go, yeah, and bounce all over the place because because then we we haven't set that environment for them to come back to be innovative, to be uh, safe and clear, and, right. and reduce that ambiguity. So that's something I am now trying to make sure I'm keenly aware with my teams, and I think all of us as 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 leaders, no matter what industry we're in. Um, kind of take that, take a lesson from folks who have, you know, had to return from high stress environments like being deployed and, you know, and with the military, there is, there is that transition period. And we need to be cognizant of it as we set that environment for, for all of our folks.
0: That's such great perspective. And I think, you know, speaking of perspective strategically, as we look at these teams that you're leading, how, Can you keep infusing this notion of innovation into these teams, Amy? How how are you doing that?
3: Yeah. To me, it comes back to communication, constant communication and communicating that you trust the folks Mm -hmm. who work for you, that you're empowering them. A a trusted and empowered workforce, there truly is not much they aren't capable of doing. Uh, and, And again, it comes back to setting that environment so that the innovation so that it can occur. There is no recipe for innovation. There isn't a, a pinch of this, a cup of that, stir <laughs> it, bake it for 350 degrees, boom, innovation happens. Um, I would love it if it was that easy. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's really what I keep coming back to is, is setting that environment.
0: So setting the environment and allowing that to foster uh, within your teams and across the teams. And so the perspective's important, the uh nature of where we're emerging here at this very moment Mm -hmm. i i hear a a a sense of optimism um compared to our last conversation perhaps we were all in the middle of this Mm -hmm. of this moment and i think you know as we look at steve's perspective as well thanks for that i think we all need a little dose of inspiration at this moment that that you know the light is at the end of the tunnel And Steve, I'd like to ask you as well, what do you believe are the top elements necessary to take the steps to move AI forward and innovation?
2: Yeah, um, I think, uh, well, let me just start on the, you know, just to add on a little bit to what you all were talking about with, with, you know, us coming out of this pandemic. And, you know, last summer, you know, the, the terminology, the new normal, Um, you know, started to emerge. And I'm pretty excited about the new normal. Um, I mean, I don't believe that you schedule innovation, you plan for innovation. It really is rooted in that culture that you create. And now we're gonna come out of this and we're gonna have the ability with what we've learned in the the past year plus of how we can collaborate um, electronically and virtually to add to are more traditional approaches that we've had in the past. And and you know what I've missed is those personal interactions around you know the hallway conversations, the pick up the marker at the whiteboard unprompted and, and start to brainstorm together. Uh, and now we tie that back with the, the new technologies that we've got and what we've been able to learn from a collaborative standpoint um, and the virtual environment, uh, which now also adds a level of flexibility to our workforce. Um, I think is just going to be, I'm just really looking forward to the new normal. And I think it's going to actually enhance what we're able to do from an innovation standpoint uh, on the AI front. Um, I think, you know, we talk about the AI winters and, you know, I'm a believer that, you know, we're, we've seen our last AI winter, um, that it's here to stay. Um, I think we got to keep in perspective. I mean, in our business, um, you know, where we're talking about uh, safety of flight and, uh, you know, things up in the air, there's not a lot of room if, if there's really no room for air. Um, so we got to remember what AI is 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 useful for and, um, you know, what it's not. You know, last night I'm in my bedroom and I told Alexa to turn off the lights and I got an error um, because I didn't say turn off the bedroom lights. Um, you know, we, we're still going to have this human computer interaction going on and how do we continue to improve it in a way where it really does become air free, and that's an area where, for us, is going to be you know a, an important focus is an important focus, and will continue to be, is how do we bring in that level of reliability when we talk about the you know the human human and machine interaction, and um, we're just really at the early stages, I think, of what the capabilities are, uh, where this can go. Um, I think us as, a, as an industry and, have, and a society, we have to start to deal with the issue of what is the level of human interaction and, and where. In some areas where we talk about the sustainability and reliability and predictability of, um, you know, our different airplane systems, uh, I, there's immediate payoff, immediate payoff in us to be able to predict, you know, when something might be heading down the path of needing Uh, some level of service uh, on a component or subcomponent of of an air vehicle. Um, When we get into flight characteristics and, you know, airplanes flying and how they become, you know, more automation, um, you know, we we are going to have to continue to work on what is the right level of, of, of human interaction with that. And it's a, it's really going to be an industry collaboration along with, you know, our regulators around the country, along with our military partners um, around the country. And um, uh, it's gonna take some time, but it's very promising. And I, I'm a true believer that AI is here to, here to stay and is gonna change, you know, the way we operate.
0: Incredible. Sherry?
1: You know, um, I think it's just going to be Accepting the impossible is not a thing anymore. Um, I think the next elements really to take that and push the envelope with the innovation is take that ambiguity, embrace it, Um, say it's here, I understand, I'm not going to know, but I will know in order to help push those lines and push those limitations so that they aren't limitations anymore. Um, and I think also just understanding the the value and the benefits um, so that it's not something that's uh, super intimidating because most folks, um, you know, you'll hear AI and you'll see it in movies and you'll see these impressions of it. But it's just so much more than I think what we're all seeing right now. And we're on that cusp. Um, you know, like Steve was saying, that winter's gone and it has um, this behind us. And to take those next steps, uh, we've got to be open and Keep creating these cultures and building these teams and being open, staying open for all of it.
0: Incredible. Incredible and incredibly inspiring.
1: Um, as we're, you know, so one of the things, too, Steve, is in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of all of this, you've gone from major leadership roles to now being the VPGM of Boeing Phantom Works in the middle of all of this where you don't have all the hallway conversations and you don't have um, that consistent uh, conference room call or everybody's around. And, um, you know, for those, uh, for both Steve and Amy, you know, especially off of pulling in those, um, those experiences now, because this is new, most people join jobs and and it's this normal tempo and cadence and uh, processes. And now we're here in the middle of, you know, sort of pandemic and coming out of it and the new normal Um, you know, for those teams and individuals seeking to push the impossible, you know, what parting words um, do you have to leave with them from your perspective to help them take those next steps towards innovation?
2: Yeah, well, I do think, you know, we're, we are going to come out of this, you know, science will, science will prevail. Science is prevailing, you know, just incredible work by uh, the pharmaceutical industry to, you know, make these vaccines happen so quickly. I mean, it's just amazing. It's amazing work. So, you know, we talk about light at the end of the tunnel and that light's getting brighter and brighter. And I think for our teams, um, it is hard to make the transition, come into new organizations in the midst of all this and get that, you know, personal interaction. That's why I believe the new normal will have a huge component of personal interaction uh, augmented by, by virtual. Um, and, um, you know, I think as I'm seeing right now, just in the interactions, both human and, pers- and, and virtual, is that uh, people are starving for it. I mean, they, they want to have that uh, level of interaction. And I think that you know, my key message to our team is, hey, that light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter and, um, and we're, we're going to be coming out of this a lot stronger. We got to get everybody safely back to work. We got to make sure that we do that right. To Amy's point about the spring, that we don't uh, don't let that uncoil too quickly on us, uh, but do it in a safe manner. And then also remember what we learned. Like I mentioned, you know, there's a there's been a big benefit to our employees to having a virtual component of what they do, and um, and give some flexibility in their workspace. And we, we leverage that. So um, I'm anxious uh, to to get there. Um, but and it'll take time. It'll take time for us to you know to to kind of get us uh, in the right culture mindset that we need to be in. Um, but you know one thing about Boeing Phantom Works is it's been doing innovation technology for you know the past you know twenty or thirty years. Um, what I'm amazed with um, in in my time within Phantom Works is the incredibly incredibly brilliant people. Who are incredibly dedicated to their business which is you know serving our military and and being a component truly of keeping our our freedom and democracy and um you know there's no better place to be when you can work on the cutting edge technologies and these disruptive technologies that are coming down the pike that you can put things in the air very safely but then also know at the end of the day that you know we can all sleep better at night knowing that we're putting this incredible, uh, great technology into the hands of people who defend our freedom. You know, I, I can't think of a job where you can, um, you know, have as much satisfaction. And I think for our employees, it's just like, don't never forgetting that, you know, keeping that North Star of what we do every day and how important it is. You know, I don't think you can get better job satisfaction. I think for
3: me, I wanna circle back to um, just, What Sherry keeps talking about when it comes to that that ambiguity. And, you know, George, we talked about this the last time I was here. And I I don't, I always want to encourage my team um, not to communicate in soft words that you can't hang objective analysis off of. Uh, You've heard me say this once, I'll say it again don't could it, should it, might it, or hope it. Uh, Purging these words from our lexicon um, clears that ambiguity, ambiguity causes anxiety, anxiety causes hesitation, hesitation causes doubt, and doubt doesn't allow communication to occur. So for, for me in, in this environment, as we're going, uh, forward, it's, it's, it's again, reminding everyone Yoda had it right. Do or do not
0: (laughs) do or do not (laughs)
3: do or do not,
0: you know, what incredible advice. And again, we mentioned inspiration several times. We talked about innovation. We talked about leadership, especially during times of crisis Mm -hmm. and removing that ambiguity. I think that's what's scary for people is Mm -hmm. ambiguity, the unknown fear generated by the ambiguity. So today you've provided incredible line of sight into your leadership into how Boeing, how your work at Phantom Works at Boeing is helping to create that culture, even when we're in the middle or in emerging out of a mm-hmm. pandemic. And for that, we are grateful. And we're grateful as well for the company, for everything that you're doing to help keep this democracy in place in the United States of America. So I'd be remiss if we didn't say that because, Steve, you mentioned it, and it's striking. Um, In a very positive way it's an incredible mission to have isn't it and i think what we're looking at here is connecting the dots at ideagen we collect connect and nurture those dots which are people and here we are having this incredibly authentic and powerful conversation with leaders that understand leadership and understand the importance of culture inclusion empathy and all the words that everyone's talking about now so i want to thank each of you Uh, for appearing today on IdeaGen TV to share this Boeing Phantom Works story, the story of leadership. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. Thank you. We appreciate
2: it.